Hello, hello, folks and friends, monsketeers of all ages. Welcome back to Radnorock. My name's Justin, and today we're doing a retrospective episode. For those of you who may not know, be it your first time joining us or you've never cared to listen to a retrospective episode and you just jump into the the watch-alongs or the introspectives. Well, retrospectives are episodes where we deep dive into everything you didn't know you wanted to know about something I find rad. (laughs) I pick a topic and we dive headfirst into its intricacies. Oftentimes I wonder, are they topics that would ever cross your mind otherwise? Maybe, maybe not. If it's maybe not, then you're welcome. I'm glad that I can enrich your life and, uh, yeah, take you places where you may not have been. And you know what? What a segue, because this is currently the month of June when I'm recording this episode. And you know what the month of June is? It's Portuguese Heritage Month. That's right, folks. Portuguese Pride Month is upon us. Yesterday was uh, Azores Day, and the Azores are, you know, an island territory of Portugal, where my father was born, actually. So uh, half of me was very proud (laughs) to celebrate Azores Day. I didn't really celebrate in any way other than, I don't know bragging to my missus about being Azorian and uh, posting on social media. <laughs> Maybe next year. Next year we'll, we'll like grill some linguisa or chorizo or something like that. You know, we'll make a thing of it. Actually, we'll do it all month next year. This year is actually the first time I've discovered that June is uh, Portuguese Heritage Month. So... Look it up. Not even kidding. Uh, and so I figure for Portuguese Heritage Month, we, we should deep dive into some of the contributions that Portugal has made to the world. You know, things the world should be appreciative of someone of Portuguese descent bringing into our reality. And today, uh, there's one thing my entire life that I've wanted to be when I grow up. I mean, there's been various things, but one consistent thing from my earliest memories to this day, I would still, I still dream of living, uh, living this sort of life, having this, having this career, following this, this, uh, professional path. And, uh, that's being a pirate. I've always wanted to be a pirate. And you know what? It's embedded in my DNA to want to be a pirate. You know why? Because though the Portuguese may not have invented piracy, I'm willing to argue that we perfected it. (laughs) That's right. We perfected plundering, pillaging, rifling a loot, uh, drinking up me hearties yo-ho. And I'm going to back this claim up. I'm going to back this claim up. With just historical facts. Uh, I will also apologize because she's making noise right now. My dog Nova 
isn't usually in the room with me, but she is today. Uh, it stormed fairly aggressively overnight. And in her middle age, she has become afraid of storms and loud, booming noises. So fireworks, thunder, you know, whatever, what do you have, whatever you got. So, uh, she's still a little shook up, I think. So I'm going to keep her in here with me. And if she gets rowdy, well, whatever, this is a retrospective episode, you know, I don't, I don't keep these as uh, tidy as the watch alongs. And you know that, or maybe you don't like, again, this might be your first episode. So maybe you don't know that usually I keep it pretty tidy, but you know, Nova, she's a pathetic little pit bull and she gets scared sometimes. So anyhow, enough of pathetic pit bulls and on to Portuguese piracy. What makes me so confident in saying that the Portuguese perfected piracy is all thanks to one man. And that man is Bartolomeu Portugues. Bartolomeu Portugues. I want to say Bartholomew, but it's spelled B-A-R-T-O-L-O-M-E-U. Bartolomeu, right? Right. And then Portugues. And if you're not pronouncing it Portugues, well, you might be right. It might be Portugues. Portugues? A lot of zhuzhs in Portuguese. Maybe I'm wrong. Portuguese. Yeah, Bartolomeu Portuguese. I'm going to say it like that because it sounds a lot more fun. Bartolomeu Portuguese was a Portuguese buccaneer who attacked Spanish shipping in the late 1660s. Portuguese was responsible for the creation of the first set of the Pirates Code. That's right. The Pirate's Code, the code that all pirates should live by. I mean, if they're not, then I'd, I'd argue they're not pirating correctly. To pirate correctly, you got to follow a certain set of codes to ensure the diplomacy on your ship. And, um, yeah, if you're not... Piracy is an organized... Uh, it's organized crime, essentially. There are rules. In organized crime, there are rules that you have to follow. It's not just pure anarchy. And pirating was an example of this. There was no running amok, pillaging, plundering, rifling a loot. Again, yeah, drink up me hearties, yo-ho. Sure, that happens. But within a systematic order developed by the pirate population. All starting with the first set of pirate code by Bartolomeu Portugues. Portugues. So a little of his career, a little bit of his career, because again, pirates, it's kind of hard to uh, lock down exactly, uh, you know, what everything they did. Because again, organized crime. Criminals aren't going to go and broadcast every single thing they do because, I mean, they're professionals. You don't do that. <laughs> so uh, a partial career, the things, the things historians know is Bartolomeu Portuguese arrived in the Caribbean sometime in the early 1660s as did many others during the decade, Portuguese operated off Campeche. 
C-A-M-P-E-C-H-E, Campeche. Campeche, officially the free and sovereign state of Campeche. I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. C-A-M-P-E-C-H-E. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. Campeche. Campeche? Campeche. Might be Campeche. Che? Che? In Spanish, what does C-H make? I don't remember. Uh, Campeche is one of the 31 states which make up the 32 federal entities of Mexico. Located in the southeast of Mexico, it is bordered by the states of Tabasco to the southwest and Yucatan to the northeast. So that's a little Campeche. Campeche? Campeche. I don't know. But Portuguese operated off Campeche from 1666 whoa, uh, to 1669. He later captured a large Spanish ship with his uh, ship of four guns and a crew of 30 off Cuba after two assaults with over half his crew killed or wounded. Wow, that's some captaining uh with a total of 70,000 pieces of eight and a cargo of 120,000 pounds of cacao beans ooh uh portuguese attempted to sail towards jamaica however due to strong winds they were unable to return to port royal instead sailing for western cuba 70,000 pieces of eight what is a piece of eight he had 70,000 of it. I know that much. Uh, the Spanish dollar, also known as the piece of eight, uh, is a silver coin of approximately 38 millimeters or 1.5 inches diameter worth uh, eight Spanish rails. I don't understand that, but whatever. Um, let's see. The Spanish dollar was the coin upon which the original United States dollar was based that's interesting. Um, let's see. It was minted in the Spanish Empire following a monetary reform in 1497, which, uh, with content 2.563 grams equal to 0.822 ounces, uh, T fine silver i don't know what any of that means basically a piece of eight is 0.822 ounces of fine silver or 25.563 grams interesting well that's a piece of eight in case anyone was wondering i'm not sure if i cleared anything up uh because honestly i really just sort of confused myself more but i'm glad i sort of know what a piece of eight is now uh, okay let's see as the ship reached Cape San Antonio, uh, they were captured by three Spanish warships who seized their cargo. Uh, after a violent storm, Portuguese was forced to sail towards Campeche, or Campeche, 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 where he was later recognized and captured by authorities. Yikes. Uh, held prisoner on a Spanish ship, he attempted to escape by stabbing the sentry with a stolen knife. And because he was supposedly, oh, and because he supposedly could not swim, he used wine jars as floaters to swim to shore. Now, <clears throat> gangster, gangster and a half. Am I right? 
busted out of jail, busted out of, it wasn't really jail. He was being held capture, captive on a ship. So with a stolen knife, he stabbed the guard in the neck, right? Is that what it said? By stabbing the sentry with a stolen knife. Okay, I made up the part about stabbing him in the neck. But it makes it, you know, I'm building, I'm building a, uh, what am I, what am I trying to build? A visual. You know what I mean? Because I could just say like, yeah, he stabbed him. But if I say he stabbed him in the neck, then you got this image in your head, it makes it more exciting. I went to film school. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to develop the scene in my head. Um, okay, and then another thing, Bartholomew, being a pirate captain of a ship, like not knowing how to swim, that's, that seems like an interesting um, choice of profession. But, you know, do you ever choose piracy or does piracy choose you, Right. I'm willing to, I I vote the latter. Piracy chooses you. So it doesn't matter if you knew how to swim or not. He was chosen by the pirate gods (laughs) to to, uh, undertake this life of crime. Um, But he used wine jars as floaters to swim to shore. Now that's just very uh, innovative. You know what I mean? I would, I'd feel like in a panic, he'd be like, well, I can't swim, so I'm just going to go and stab everybody else on the ship and make my getaway. That would be the dumb thing to do. You know? Because let's be real. He, he was locked up after a battle, probably not feeling so hot. Probably got lucky that he was able to take out that one dude. But you know what? Well, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm willing to bet that the guy, the guard, the sentry, is that what they called it? That he took out... Um, he uh, was unarmed. I'm going to presume because I don't know. Maybe he was. You know, this this is supposedly a historical account of things that really happened, and I'd like I'd like to believe that, and I'm going to believe that. Don't you ever just wish, or maybe it's just me, that you could have been like a fly on the wall and seen this happen? Because this sounds like just, it sounds like a movie. And hence why a lot of movies are based on things of this nature. Uh, anyhow, so good move. Jumping ship with the, uh, the wine jars to float. Like, that's just, that's why, he's, that's, why he's, that's, that's, that's Portuguese uh, ingenuity. That's the word I wanted to use. <laughs> All right, so. Um, traveling through over 120 miles of jungle, Portuguese arrived at El Golfo Triste. Triste. El Golfo Triste. E-L space G-O-L-F-O space T-R-I-S-T-E. Triste. El Golfo Triste. Is that how you say it? I'm going to pretend like it is. Um, but it doesn't seem to be any information on El Golfo Triste. Uh, but it is in eastern Yucatan, and uh, he found a ship to take him back to Port Royal from there. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Port Royal, by the way. Let's touch on Port Royal. Port Royal is a village located at the end of the Palais Sadeos. Sadose? Sadose. The end of Palisa Doses. Palisa Doses? 
I don't know. Here we go. P-A-L-I-S-A-D-O-E-S. You tell me how it's pronounced. Um, let's see. So that village, uh, it's at the mouth of Kingston Harbor in southeastern Jamaica. Founded in 1494 by the Spanish, it was once the largest city in the Caribbean, functioning as the center of shipping and commerce in the Caribbean Sea. Interesting. Cool. So he went to Port Royal after busting free from this uh, Spanish ship. Um, got back to Port Royal. Okay, so returning to Campeche, 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 with 20 men. Wow, did he get 20 men from Port Royal? He just walked around like, hey, come with me, come with me. That seems like something a good captain would be able to do. I bet you I could do the same thing. Um, let's see. Okay, so he picked up 20 men. Portuguese, Portuguese captured the ship in which he had been held prisoner and sailed off with the same amount of cargo. Man, I mean, come on. He, is, he gets captured, breaks free, floats to land, makes his way back to his point, uh, back to where he was intending to go, so uh, I, this had this had to have taken days through all of this, right? Traveling through over 120 miles of jungle, 120 miles of jungle, walking. How long does it take to walk 120 miles in, you know, ideal conditions through jungle? Man. So and then from there, um, he made it to just east of Yucatan and then found a ship to take him back to Port Royal. So this had to be easily a couple months, right? One month at the very least. At the most optimistic, it was one month. That's what I'm choosing to believe. Um, so yeah. Then builds another crew and goes back to capture the ship that captured him with the cargo he was captured with. Like, are you serious? It doesn't get more gangster than that. The ship ran aground near uh, the Isle of Pines off the southern coast of Cuba, losing the entire cargo. Oh. With his remaining crew, Portuguese returned to Port Royal before setting out once again. However, nothing more is recorded about Portuguese after this, as Alexander Exquimelin, Exquimelin, Exqui, Exquimelin, Exquimelin. Oh man, Alexander, and then his last name is E X Q U E M E L I N. X I don't know, I don't know, but he's the uh, author of Buccaneers of America. Um, and there he said he uh, quote made many violent attacks on the Spaniards without gaining much profit from marauding. For I saw him dying in the greatest wretchedness in the world, end quote. Who are you quoting this, Alexander? Let's, let's look at you. Uh, Alexander Oliver Exquemlin, that's how I'm going to do it, was a, Dutch, was a French, Dutch, or Flemish writer best known as the author of one of the most important source books of 17th century piracy, first published in Dutch 
uh, as Day, oh man, Day American Z Rovers. Not, there's no way any of that's right. D E space M or A M E R I C A E N S C H E space Z E E dash R O O V E R S. There was no way. There was no way I was going to get that. Um, in Amsterdam. Okay. Uh, let's see. Wow. In 1678. That's, um, wow. Okay. So that didn't really give us much information about the quote he made or the part where he said, I saw him dying in the greatest wretchedness, wretchedness, one more time, wretchedness in the world. Got it. Wretchedness. Ugh. And that's 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 all we got here for uh, Bartholomew Portugues. Born 1623, died 1670. He was a buccaneer, allegiance, Portugal, years active, 1666 to 1669, rank, captain, based out of Campeche. Campeche, Campeche. So that is a little bit about Bartolomeu Portuguese, Portuguese buccaneer, um, who developed the first pirate code. Now, pirate code, that's, that's another little ditty in, within itself. And that's back to our point of Portuguese contributions to the world. So that Portuguese, Portuguese that we just went over developed... The pirate code, a pirate code, pirate articles or articles of agreement were a code of conduct for governing pirates. A group of sailors on turning pirate would draw up their own code or articles, which provided rules for discipline, division of stolen goods and compensation for injured pirates developed insurance for pirates. Like, Come on. This is basically the Constitution for piracy. And granted, each uh, group of sailors who turn pirate would develop their own, but it's the practice. It's the idea that it was a Portuguese buccaneer who first stepped up and said, you know what? Piracy needs some sort of order to be successful. And here it is, because he was intu- in, intuitive, not intuitive, ingenuitive. Can someone be ingenuitive? I don't know. I don't think I'm using that word right. But the ingen- ingenuity, you know, of a man who uses uh, wine jars because he can't swim to float to land after escaping capture on a Spanish vessel. This is the same genius, pioneer, who who developed uh, the, uh, you know, the governance of pirating. And I, I just, I'm so, just so wowed by that. And this is something you would never learn in school, you know? And I'm aware that I'm kind of repeating myself a little bit here, but I'm just geeking out. I'm just geeking out hard on this, okay? I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating a, from just a pirate fanboy standpoint, and B, 
you know, this is uh, my national heritage. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, okay, so the history here of the Pirate's Code. The first set of the Pirate's Code was supposedly written by Portuguese buccaneer Bartolomeu Portugues. We've gone over that sometime in the early 1660s. But the first recorded set belonged to George Cusack. Is it George Jorge? Was an Irish pirate, so George, um, who was active from 1680 or no, 1668 to 1675. Okay, he had a much longer career than, uh, you know, our boy, our boy, our boy, Barty. Uh, but it said that he had, this one was a, uh, the first recorded set of pirate code, um, was two years into Barty's Bartolomeu Portuguez, um, two years into his career. So, uh, these early buccaneer articles were based on earlier maritime law and privateer codes such as the 12th century rolls of Oleron 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 O L E R O N rolls of Oleron uh rolls of Oleron is that how you pronounce it rolls the rolls of Oleron are the oldest and best known sea law regulating medieval shipping in northwest Europe the rolls of Orleon 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 were the first common sea law written in the isle of Orleon Orleon yeah Orleon Orleon France in the late 12th century prior to uh 1180 Later, okay, I'm not going to go into that whole thing, but that's that's what that is. So that's like the oldest recorded uh, maritime law. Um, they were later used by buccaneers and pirates such as John Phillips, Edward Lowe, and Bartholomew Roberts. Uh, buccaneers operated under a ship's articles. The ship's articles is the set of documents that constitute the contract between the seafarer and the captain, in parentheses, master of a vessel. They specifically name the ship, the conditions of employment, seafarer's compensation, and nature of the voyages and duration. So that's interesting. All right. Um, A ship's articles that, among other things, governed conduct of the crew. Uh, these articles of agreement became authority uh, independent of any nation and were variously called the chase parte, charter party, custom of the coast, or Jamaica discipline. I like Jamaica discipline. That one is fun. Uh, in retrospect, uh, these became known as the Pirate's Code. Pirate articles varied from one captain to another and sometimes even from one voyage to another, but they were generally alike, including provisions for discipline, specifications for each crewmate's share of treasure, and compensation for the injured. Now, again, I just find it more fascinating than anything that they have compensation for the injured. Pirates had insurance, which is insane to me. 
I mean, maybe not insurance in the way that they paid in monthly and like, what did he, if they got sick or hurt then? No, it was just like, here, you got hurt on the job. You're getting paid out this much. So look at that pirates ahead of, ahead of their time. Maybe a lot of other places during that same time did this, but I'm going to pretend it was unique to pirates. Uh, okay. Each crew member was asked to sign or make his mark on the articles, then swear an oath of allegiance or honor. The oath was sometimes taken on a Bible, but John Phillips men lacking a Bible swore on an ax. That's so much more intense in my mind. Because you swear on a Bible, you got to wait to go to hell, you know? Swear on an axe, break that oath, and they'll send you to hell with that axe that you swore on. <laughs> That's, again, might be making that up, but tell me that doesn't sound metal. Uh, legend suggests that other pirates swore on crossed pistols, swords, or on a human skull. Wow. Or astride a, ca a cannon. I want all of those. For anybody that is going to swear allegiance to our skeleton crew um you're going to need to swear on a human skull astride on a cannon so i'm going to take those two cross pistols or swords i'm not really you know that feels um too easy i want a human skull and a cannon that's what we need Somebody get on that. This act formally inducted the signer into the pirate crew, generally entitling him to a vote for officers and other affairs of the moment to bear arms and to his share of the plunder. The articles having been signed, they were then posted in a prominent place, often the door to the captain's cabin. Nice. I imagine with a dagger. That's, man, this is more fun than fiction, right? Because this, this, this is the kind of stuff that actually happened. I mean, take the visuals from like Johnny Depp and Pirates of the Caribbean, but, but take those visuals and match them up to this historical fact and just, you know, I could daydream about that all day. Uh, after a pirate... <laughs> piratical <laughs> crews began new recruits from captured ships would sometimes sign the articles in some cases voluntarily in other cases under threat of torture or death nice uh valuable sea artisans such as carpenters and navigators were especially liked or were especially likely to be forced to sign articles under duress and would rarely be released regardless of their dis decision to sign or not in some cases, even willing recruits would ask the pirates to pretend to force them to sign <laughs> so that it would so they could plead that they were forced should they ever be captured by law. Now that's just planning ahead. It's like, look, I'm I'm down to sign these papers that make me a part of this pirate crew. I'm super into it. But can we do a little improv where you act like you're forcing me to do it. So if we are ever captured, I can say that that's what happened. <laughs> I'll leave the part out. I'll leave this conversation out. But, you know, I don't want to lie too, too badly. <laughs> let's keep, let's keep a little bit, <laughs> a little, 
A little accuracy here. That's hilarious. Um, pirate articles are closely related to and were derived from ship's articles of the time, especially those of privateers, which simply provided for discipline and regulatory distribution of booty. <laughs> they actually use the word booty, though usually far less equality than with pirate articles. Huh. So does that imply that par- pirate articles were uh so privateer articles sound like they were less based in equality than pirate articles so pirates are more enthusiastic about equality imagine that look at that um where did i yeah they said booty merchant articles and privateering articles can be traced back to europe in the middle ages when there was a system of joint hands agreements between merchants owners and seamen to share profits so it's a lot of kind of repeating itself like this is what the like this is what the uh the code or the article state and they were likely taken from this. Anyway, examples. Nine complete or nearly complete sets of pirate articles have survived, chiefly from Charles Johnson's A General History of Pirates, first published in 1724, and from records kept by Admiralty Court Proceedings at the Trials of Pirates. A partial code from Henry Morgan is preserved in Alexander Alexandre Alexandre Exquilamendi's. Oh, it's that guy again. Sixteen seventy-eight book, The Buccaneers of America. Yeah, we talked about him already, and I can't pronounce his name. Okay, sorry. Many other pirates are known to have had articles in the late seventeenth century. Articles of George Cusack and Nicholas Clough. Uh, have also survived intact. Part of the reason that few pirate articles have survived is that pirates on the verge of capture or surrender often burned their articles or threw them overboard to prevent the papers from being used against them at trial. Like I said earlier when we first kicked this off, pirates don't like to leave a paper trail. You know what I mean? They're going to they're gonna hide their, their misdeeds as much as they possibly can. So the fact that we know any of this it's pretty impressive. Um, let's see. Articles of Bartholomew Roberts. So here, if you were a crew member of Bartholomew Roberts' ship, this is this is what you you lived by. Okay. Bartholomew Roberts' articles were similar but not identical to those of his former captain, Howell Davis. In turn, Roberts' articles influenced those of pirates such as Thomas. Anstis, Anstis, A-N-S-T-I-S, who served under him and later went their own way. There's like a real master and apprentice thing going on there. All right, so number one, every man has a vote in affairs of the moment, has an equal title to the fresh provisions or strong liquors at any time seized, and may use them at pleasure unless a scarcity makes it necessary for the good of all to vote retrenchment. Okay? So everybody's got their fair share to booty uh, within reason. Number two, 
every man to be called fairly in turn by list on board of prizes because, in parentheses, over and above their proper share, close parentheses, they were on these occasions allowed to, whoops, allowed a shift of clothes. They were able to change clothes. They were allowed to change, wait, what? Um, but if they defrauded the company to the value of a dollar in plate, jewels, or money, marooning was their punishment. So if you steal from more than your share, you'd be marooned. If the robbery was only betwixt one another, they contended themselves with slitting the ears and nose of him that was guilty and set him on shore. Not in an unhabit, uh, not in an unhabited place, but somewhere where he was sure to encounter hardships. So, basically, if you stole from the collective, then you would be marooned. But if you stole from just another person, that person was able to cut your ear, cut your ears and nose, and then they would just set you ashore. Just somewhere, you know, not like a deserted island, but just somewhere. You, there's there's people there, but they're going to make it hard for you kind of thing. You know what I mean? Number three, no person to game at cards or dice for money. So there's no gambling. Can you believe that? There's no gambling for money on this, on Bartholomew Roberts' ship. Huh. Um, let's see the lights and candles to be put out at eight o'clock at night. This is number four, the lights and candles to be put out at eight o'clock at night. If any of the crew after that hour still remained inclined for drinking, they were to do so, or they were to do it on the open deck. So in the cabins lights out, but you know what, if you want to hang out longer than eight o'clock at night and you want to have a few drinks, then you may do so, but up on deck, up on the open deck. I mean, that's reasonable, right? We're not gonna we're not gonna say you can't have fun, but your fun isn't allowed to impede the rest of members of the crew who wanna, you know, wanna catch some Z's. So far, all of these are just above and beyond reasonable, I feel like. So, I don't know. What I do know is that I could live this way. Um, All right, so that was number four. We got number five. To keep their piece, pistols, and cutlass clean and fit for service. That's amazing. Because you always think pirates, like dingy, dirty, grubby. No, man. Well, maybe them. I mean, to a degree, you're going to be a little grubby if you're out on the open water. You know, There's no showers out there. Um, but you got to keep your stuff clean. You never see a rusty pirate sword, you know? Well, you do now if they they were recovered, but, like, in the movies. <laughs> uh, number six, no boy or women to be allowed amongst them. If any man were to be found seducing of, oh wait, seducing any of the latter sex and carried her to sea, disguised, he was to suffer death. So, 
if you meet a lady and you're like, hey, I really like you. I want you to come with me. Wear this disguise. Get on, get on board. Um, yeah, they would be put to death. So that, that sounds pretty heavy. Um, I don't know, man. A lot of, a lot of the way the wording here is, is very old worldy and, and difficult for my mind to, uh, (laughs) to translate, but we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. Okay. What number was that? That was number four. Six, yeah. So okay. So it says no boy or woman to be allowed amongst them if any man were to be found seducing any of the latter sex and carried her to sea disguised, he was to suffer death. All right. But then after that, in parentheses, it says so that when any fell into their hands, as it chanced on the onslaught, they put a sentinel immediately over her to prevent ill consequence from so dangerous an instrument of division and quarrel. But then here lies the roguery. Roguery is a fun word. They counted who shall be sentinel, which happens generally to be one of the greatest bullies who to secure the lady's virtue will let none lie with her but himself. I hope you understood that. I don't. That that there's words in there that I I know the word but I don't understand in the context that we're being provided here. So um it sounds like whoever brought the lady aboard would uh be i guess killed but also can't lie with her i don't know i don't know that was number six number seven to desert the ship or their quarters in battle was punished with death or marooning makes sense to me uh number eight no striking one another on board but every man's quarrels to be ended on shore at sword and pistol. Wow. So if you guys have a disagreement on ship, you don't fight on the ship. When we go ashore, you guys can fight it out. Swords, pistols, whatever. That That's pretty awesome. Um, and then in parentheses here, this is going to be good because, you know, in the parentheses, it's, just, it's nothing but just casual, coherent reading, especially for my dyslexic self. Uh, okay, so still number eight after the pistols. In parentheses, the quartermaster of the ship, when the parties will not come to any rec- reconciliation, accompanies them on shore with what assistance he thinks proper, and turns the despondent back to back. Yeah, turns the despondent back to back at so many paces distance. At the word of command, they turn and fire immediately, or else the one, or else the piece is knocked out of their hands. Okay, so if you don't shoot fast enough, somebody knocks the gun out of your hands. If both miss, they come to their cutlasses, and then he is declared the victor who draws the first blood. Now, is drawing the first blood mean that the person is killed, or? 
can you cut their arm or something? And it's like, first blood, I win. But dueling, pirate dueling. I feel like things in today's world should be settled by dueling. You know what I mean? Maybe perhaps to the death. I don't know. That's per your agreement. But I feel like there'd be a lot less, uh, a lot less, you know, trolling if people knew they could be challenged, challenged, you know, to a, a violent end. <laughs> uh, all right. So number nine, no man to talk of breaking up their way of living till each had shared one thousand pounds. If in order to this, any man should lose a limb or become a cripple in their service, he was to have $800 out of the public stock and for, le- and for lesser hurts proportionately. Okay. So there's no breaking up of you know their share until each had shared 1,000 pounds. So once everybody has a thousand pounds, it can be divided between everybody. But if somebody's hurt, they'll get 800 out of like their community stock. And that's really cool. That is not pirates, man. Pirates. Who knew they were so reasonable? Uh, Number 10, the captain and quartermaster to receive two shares of a prize. The master boatswain, the master boatswain and gunner, one share and a half and other officers, one and a quarter. So you you did get paid a little more as your rank on the ship went up. I feel like that's great. Uh, and then number 11, the musicians to have rest on the Sabbath day, but the other six days and nights, none without special favor. So if you were a musician on the boat, you are playing day in, day out, except on the Sabbath. You get a break. And I feel like that's pretty reasonable. I like it. I like it a lot. So that was Bartholomew Roberts. That was his uh, uh, article, um, Pirate's Code, what have you. So who else we got? All right, we got, well, we got a few more. Should we go through all of them? Yeah, why not? Let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Okay, so that was Bartholomew Roberts, his Pirate Code. Uh, Next... It's the Articles of John Phillips. Captain John Phillips, captain of the Revenge, uh, also set a code for his men in 1724. Number one, every man shall obey civil command. The captain shall have one full share and a half of all prize. The master, carpenter, boatsman, and gunner shall have one share and quarter. Okay. Uh, Number two, if any man shall offer to run away to keep any secret from the company he shall be marooned with one bottle of powder and one bottle of water uh one small arm and shot so we got gunpowder a gun a shot and a bottle of water i mean that's nice in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, they didn't give Johnny Depp, they didn't give Jack Sparrow a bottle of water. That's that's kindness. A lot of marooning, though. I guess the best way to enact uh, punishment when you're out at sea is to just leave somebody on an island. Just like, oh, you're on your own, bruh. Bye. Okay. Uh, number three. If any man shall steal anything in the company or game to the value of a piece of eight... He shall be marooned or shot. Wow, which one do you pick in that scenario? Do you 
choose to be marooned or choose to be shot. I don't know. Uh, it's depends if it's a shot to kill. Like, well, I guess like any shot back then could be a shot to kill because gangrene and infection. So I don't know. Number five. Oh, what? Oh, hang on. Number four. If any time we shall meet another marooner, that man shall sign his article without the consent of our company. Uh, shall okay. Hold on. If at if any time we shall meet another marooner, that man shall sign his article without the consent of our company. Shall suffer such punishment as the captain and company shall think fit. So, man, a lot of this wording is so weird and convoluted i believe what they're saying is if they meet a person who was previously marooned and they try to sign up to be part of this crew and and the crew the captain and crew find out then they get to decide what they do because they lied about um having been marooned previously for acts against the company and the company being the crew the ship the i like how they call it the company too uh number five that man shall strike an that man that shall strike another whilst these articles are enforced shall receive Moses's law, that is forty stripes, lacking one, on the bare back. So you get whipped thirty nine times for uh, striking another. So after you sign the article, if you strike someone else, you get whipped thirty nine times. Moses's law. <laughs> Is that really? I'm gonna start using that. Uh, number six. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Number six. Uh, that man that shall snap his arm, or okay, hold on. That number six. That man that shall snap his arms or smoke tobacco in the hold without a cap to his pipe, or carry a candle lighted without a lantern or a lantern sorry from where i'm sitting the r and the n ran together okay and it looked like lantern it's lanthorn 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 a lantern but it's spelled l-a-n-t-h-o-r-n and lantern is spelled l-a-n-t-e-r-n so lanthorn lanthorn i don't know anyway uh, shall suffer the same punishment as the former article. So if you go, um, let's see, a man that, so if you snap your arms or smoke tobacco in the hold or carry, or so if you smoke tobacco in the hold without a cap to your pipe or carry an open flame and not one in a lantern, they get to decide, oh, they you get whipped. You get Moses's law for that as well. Which makes sense. I'm pretty sure you don't want the ship to catch on fire. <laughs> it's like, come on. Uh, makes sense to me. Number seven. Uh, the man shall not keep his arms clean. That man shall not keep his arms clean, fit for an engagement, or neglect his business, shall be cut off from his share, and suffer such other punishment as the captain and company shall think fit lots of punishments here where they're just like we're gonna figure out what to do with you when the time comes okay i like it i like how conservative and like strict these rules seem you know piracy wasn't anarchy it was it was law and order it was uncommon law and order you know what i mean but 
you know, you had to have, you had to be a, a, a person of some nobility to make it as a, a pirate. I like that. Uh, number eight, if any man shall lose a joint in time of an engagement, shall receive or shall have 400 pieces of eight, if a limb, 800. Okay, so if you lose a joint, which I guess like a finger or something, a joint like that, you'll get 400 pieces of eight. And if you lose a limb, you get 800 for your lost limb. More pirate insurance. Uh, and then number, n- wait a minute. So that went from eight to, oh, okay, yeah, because at nine they do IX. That's right. That's right. Number nine. All right. So number nine, if at any time you meet with a prudent woman, that man that offers to meddle with her without her consent shall suffer present death. There you go. So if you force yourself on another person um, sexually, any sort of romantic meddling without her consent, you will be killed, which another thing, you know what I mean? <clears throat> you see pillage, pun laundering, rifling a loot, drink up me hearty, hearties, yo ho. And you know, there is that, that kind of, kind of like common, uh, you know, what is it? Kill the men, rape the women, all those kind of things. Like what, what you would hear in stereotype in literature or whatever, inaccurate horror, horror, historical accounting uh no if you if you were a rapist in the pirate community on on this ship at least on uh who is this on john phillips under his captainship if he found out that you did that you'd be put to death and i support i support uh let's see next up we have articles of edward lowe and George Lowther. Um, cool. The articles listed below are attributed by the Boston Newsletter to Captain Edward Lowe. The first eight of these articles are essentially identical to those attributed to Pirate Captain George Lowther by Charles Johnson. Uh, since Lowther and Lowe are known to have sailed together from about New Year's to May 28th, 1722, it is probable that both reports are correct and that Lowe and Lowther shared the same articles. With Lowe's two extra articles being an ordinance or amendment adopted after the two crews separated. Okay, so number one. The captain is to have two full shares. The quartermaster is to have one share and one half. The doctor, ooh, this guy got a doctor. The doctor, mate, gunner, and boatsman, or boatswain. It's a B O A T S W A I N. Boatswain. Boatswain? Boatswain. One share and a quarter. I'm noticing these, like, the division of plunder is, uh, it does vary similarly, but. It does vary kind of greatly at the same time between captain to captain. That's kind of interesting. Uh, number two, <clears throat> excuse me. 
Number two, he that shall be found guilty. See, that makes more sense, that wording. Uh, he that shall be found guilty of taking up any unlawful weapon on board the privateer or any other prize by us taken so as to strike or abuse one another in any regard shall suffer what punishment the captain and the majority of the company shall see fit. So, if you are found guilty of taking up any unlawful weapon on board the privateer or any other prize by us taken, so <clears throat> and used to strike or abuse. So if you hmm, if you take something, an unlawful weapon. I guess what is an unlawful weapon? So if, is that a weapon that had been stolen or I don't know but again it's it's abuse between the crew members so that that's a punishable offense and how the captain and the majority see fit so they can they can vote to have you you know marooned or whipped or whatever 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 they see fit it looks like a lot of these are whatever they think and see fit hmm. number three <coughs> excuse me I am so sorry number Three, he that shall be found guilty of cowardice in the time of engagements shall suffer what punishment the captain and majority of the company see fit. So if you are guilty of being a coward, they'll punish you in whatever way they decide. Number four, if any gold, jewels, silver, ampersand C, what does that mean? It's like the and sign and a lowercase c after it. I don't know. And company, silver, and co- I don't know. So anyway, if any gold, jewel, silver, and sea be found on board of any prize or prizes to the value of a piece of eight, and the finder do not deliver it to the quartermaster in the space of 24 hours, he shall suffer what punishment the captain and majority of the company see fit. So if you... If you are stealing from the company, again, you know, if you if you ransacked a town and didn't turn over the goods you took in, if it values at least a piece of eight, then you'll be punished. That's considered stealing and you'll be reprimanded for it. I agree. Uh, number five, he that is found guilty of gaming or defrauding one another to the value of a royal plate, not sure what that value is, shall suffer what punishment the captain and the majority of the company see fit. So that's more uh, more stealing, it sounds like. Number six, he that shall have the misfortune to lose a limb in time of engagement shall have the sum of 600 pieces of eight uh, and remain aboard as long as he shall think fit. Oh, wow. So if you're injured or if you lose a limb, you can you get paid. You get your 600 pieces of eight, and you can stay on board the ship. So you still have a home, and you still have you know, camaraderie and people there who got your back. So that, and, and then you can leave of your accordance. Like, you can just go. Like, yeah, you lost your, you lost your arm. Like, you're, you're free to go. You're not breaking any accordance of the articles or the the code. So that's, I like that. Um, let's see. Good quarters to be given when craved. Okay. So if you're needing, if you're needing some, I guess, 
if you're needing a little more comfort, I imagine if you're sick or something like that, then um, you can that'll that'll be given to you. It sounds like number eight. He that sees a sail first shall have the best pistol or small arm aboard of her. So if you see another ship that you guys are going to attack, whatever the best weapon on aboard will be yours. Like that's that you get the best weapon since you were the first to see it. That is that's a cool that's a cool little uh addition too. So number nine, I guess these are the last two that were added that they were referencing. Um, number nine, he that shall be guilty of drunkenness in time of engagement shall suffer what punishment the captain and the majority of the company shall see fit. Don't be drunk going into war, into battle. Um, no snapping of guns in the hold. There you go. Because... <laughs> I wonder how many times that went wrong for for that to uh, have been a necessity to add to these <laughs> to these articles. Wow. Okay. Couple more, and then uh, that'll be what? What would we go over? That's one, two, three, four, five examples of uh, pirate articles, and I have found these all to be very very fascinating. So the articles of John Go Gow G O W Gow John Gow, uh, a set of articles written in John Gow's own hand was found aboard his ship, uh, the Revenge, ooh, or Ni George. Uh, I don't know what that means. In 1929, so they were actually found aboard his ship. That's pretty cool. His his ship was called the Revenge. Even cooler. Um, let's see. Article four's reference to on, to no going ashore till the ship is off the ground suggests that the revenge was already grounded when the articles were written. Oh, only days before Gao and his men were captured, the code states as followed. Oh, so this was like they might not have even been able to put it into effect. Number one. Every man shall obey his commander in all respects as if the ship was his own and as he as if he received monthly wages. Okay, hold on one more time. Number 1. That every man shall obey his commander in all respects as if he or as if the ship was his own. So you need to obey the commander in all respects as if the ship was his own and as if he received monthly wages. So you better follow rules as if you receive monthly wages. Okay. Number two, that no man shall give or dispose of the ship's provisions, but everyone shall have an equal share. So you get your equal share and you better not throw it away. If you're not going to use it, you probably save it or give it to someone else, right? Uh, Number three, that no man shall open or declare to any person or persons who they are or what designs they are upon and any persons so offending shall be punished with immediate death. So you can't declare to any person or persons who they are. You don't tell anybody who you are or what designs they are upon. Okay. So just keep your mouth shut or you get killed. So are they secret pirates? Number four 
that no man shall go on shore till the ship is off ground and in readiness to put to sea. Okay. So they were a pirate crew on land. So it sounds like he built a crew to get this ship ready to go to sea, and they were working on it together, and they weren't supposed to talk about it, as from what I gather from these articles. Huh. Number five, that every man shall keep his watch night and day, and at the hour of eight in the evening, everyone shall retire from gaming and drinking in order to attend his respective station. So eight o'clock was kind of like a standard bedtime for pirates, apparently. Uh, Number six, every person shall offend against any of these articles shall be punished with death or in such other manner as the ship's company shall think proper. So, yeah, I like I like a lot how a lot of the punishments are like we're going to vote as a crew to decide what to do with you. I can get behind that. I'm going to adopt a lot of these for skeleton crew. I'm going to write out a skeleton crew. Skeleton crew articles. It's our pirate code. I'm going to I'm going to publish that on our website. So (laughs) and you must abide by these if you intend on wearing skeleton crew. Uh, let's see. Okay, so here we go. Articles of Henry Morgan <clears throat> and other Buccaneers. I am so sorry about clearing my throat. I keep apologizing for that on every episode, but you know what? I drink coffee, so what do you expect? Um, let's see. Requilem. Requilem. Exquilem. I don't know where I put the R, but it's Exquilem. Alexander Oliver Exquilem writes in general terms about the articles of late 17th century Caribbean buccaneers, although he does not attribute these articles to any specific buccaneer captain, Exquilimin, (laughs) E-X-Q-U-E-M-E-L-I-N. You tell me how it's pronounced. Uh, But anyway, he almost certainly sailed with Henry Morgan as a uh, physician, and thus his account likely reflects Morgan's articles more accurately than than any other privateer or buccaneer of the time. Henry Morgan, Sir Henry Morgan, was a Welsh privateer, plantation owner, and later uh, lieutenant governor of Jamaica, From his base in Port Royal, Jamaica, he raided settlements and shipping on the Spanish main, becoming wealthy as uh, becoming wealthy as he did so. Am I just going brain dead or a lot of these things written in a way that you wouldn't normally write something? Anyhow, so (laughs) Exquilamin was a physician for Henry Morgan. So a boat doctor. That's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Exwilliman writes, I'm just, Exwilliman, you know what I'm talking about, writes that the Buccaneers, quote, agree on certain articles which are put into writing by way of blood or obligation, which everyone is bound to observe. And all of them or the chief set their hands to it, although Exwilliman does not number the articles. Uh, the following approximately reflects his description of the Buccaneers laws. <clears throat> so number one, the fund of all payments under the articles is the stock of what is gotten by the expedition following the same law as 
other pirates, that is no prey, no pay. No prey, no pay, also known as no purchase, no pay, was a phrase used by pirates and privateers of the 17th century in particular to describe the conditions under which participants were expected to join expeditions or raids. The phrase describes a uh, remuneration agreement similar to commission. Okay. So, you know, pull your weight or you don't get paid. Number two, uh, compensation is provided the... Oh, wait, compensation. <laughs> Hold on. Number two. <laughs> this has just not been my episode with reading. I'm sorry. But I feel like a lot of it is worded weird. I don't know. Number two. Compensation is provided the compensation is provided the captain for the use of his ship, okay? And the salary of the carpenter, the shipwright, who mended careened and rigged the vessel in parentheses the latter usually only the the okay in parentheses the latter usually about 150 pieces of eight okay um a sum for provisions and uh victuals is specified usually 200 pieces of eight a salary and commission is specified for the surgeon and his medical or in his medicine chest, usually 250 pieces of eight. So that <clears throat> seems lowballing uh, compared to the other articles we read, because that's just a division of, um, you know, of plunder. So uh, it's yeah, interesting. But it, again, it's like. The, the carpenter, the shipwright, the doctor, they all got bonuses above, like, other crew members. Because their jobs are the most important, really. Okay, number three. A standard compensation is provided for maimed and mutilated buccaneers, in quotes. Thus, they are ordered for the loss of a right arm 600 pieces of eight or six slaves. For the loss of a left arm, 500 pieces of eight, because clearly lefties are not as valuable as righties, or five slaves. For a right leg, 500 pieces of eight or five slaves. For the left leg, 400 pieces of eight or four slaves. For an eye, 100 pieces of eight or one slave. For a finger of the hand, the same reward as... As for the eye. So, okay. For the finger of the hand, the same reward as for the eye. So, a hundred pieces of eight or one slave. So, you got slaves. So, you lose an arm, then you get six slaves. Not, I'm not condoning slavery by any means, but, I mean, is that like what 600 pieces of eight could buy you? Like, I don't understand. But that's... Seems a lot of people forced into servitude for you for the loss of an arm. Do you really need that many people? You lose one arm and you gain 12? Uh, number four. Shares of booty are provided as follows. The captain or chief commander is allotted five or six portions to what the ordinary seamen have. The master's mate only two and officers... Uh, 
proportionate to their employment, after whom they draw equal parts for the highest even to the lowest mariner, the boys not being omitted. For even these draw half a share by reason that when they happen to take a better vessel than their own, it is the duty of the boys to set fire to the ship or boat wherein they are, and then retire to the prize which they have taken. So I guess when you commandeer a better vessel, you burn your old ship, I suppose. But who are the boys? Are these like pirate apprentices? I'm not understanding. But anyway, number five. Uh, in the prizes they take, it is severely prohibited to everyone to usurp anything in particular to themselves. Yea, ye, ye, w e a. I know that's yeah sometimes, but I don't think yeah would put here. I think it's ye. Ye they make, or yea they make, I don't know. Yea they make a solemn oath to each other, other not to be abscond or conceal the least thing they find amongst the prey. If afterwards anyone is found unfaithful, who has con, un, conveyed? Um, wait, no, wait, hold on. I lost myself. My dyslexia kicked it. There we are. There, there it is. If anyone, okay. If afterwards anyone is found unfaithful, who has uh, contra, contravened, 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 said oath. Immediately, he is separated and turned out of the society. So they're just kicked off? They're not marooned or killed? That's very vague, because they still may be marooned or killed. They're just separated and turned out from the society. You're just banished. Wow. I like it. I like all of it. So... All that long-windedness long windedness and terrible reading... Um, the takeaway here is that all those pirate articles, the idea of creating these pirate articles, the pirate's code, when you're watching Pirates of the Caribbean with Johnny Depp and they reference the pirate's code, that concept was put into effect by a Portuguese buccaneer. So during this month of Portuguese Heritage Month, Portuguese Pride Month, Here's a little piece of uh, what Portugal <laughs> offered the world. Portugal has offered so much more to the world, but this is just something that speaks to me because I want to be a pirate. And it makes me happy knowing that my heritage played such an integral role in the realm of piracy. I know it's not necessarily something a lot of people will be proud of, but you know what? It's something I'm proud of. Ultimately, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> all right. So thanks for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. Um, I guess this is an introspective. Did I mention that at the beginning? Hey, you know what? Secret time. I'm going to talk to you about something. I'm going to open up and let you know something. Uh, I recorded this over two different days. Very kind of sparse apart as well. <laughs> so probably, I don't know if you could tell. You probably might be able to tell. I just I don't know. I wasn't feeling it up front. I was kind of feeling like it was forced. So if you notice a shift change or some choppiness, that's what it is. 
That's what it is. But in this day and age, we're not about wasting content. You know, this is still going to go up. There's still some good information in there. And, you know, it's part of the consistency of, of keeping a podcast alive. Sometimes you're going to throw out duds. Sometimes. And sometimes you just got to resign yourself to quantity over quality or consistency over quality. That's what this might be. Consistency over quality. And I do the same with my other podcast, 36 Black Dark Wire, um, of which you can find at 36black.com. That's spelled out, too. Don't be lazy. Don't use numbers. 36black.com. Let's go about my other podcast with my brother, Johnny Nobody. Um, if you liked the counterculture conservative episode of Radnorock, then you're really going to love everything about the... 36B Darkwire part podcast and everything else we got going on at 36 Black. It's, you know, it's, y- you know who you are and if you should be over there. I think everybody should be, but there's, there's some weak minded folks out there that may want to stay away. Uh, I'm going to write out some pirate articles, some, the, the articles of skeleton crew, and I'm going to actually open it up to the public to join our skeleton crew. And maybe by joining the skeleton crew, you'll get discounts or you'll get like exclusive pieces of apparel or whatnot. Oh, and by the way, if you've been trying to shop in our store, uh, I figured out a problem. Uh, sales have not been what they used to be. And I was trying to figure out what's going on here because this is, this is really, and it happened all around a very specific time. And during that time is when I redesigned my site and I took down the cart and checkout menu options, not knowing what I was doing. So if you had been putting things in your cart and then had no way of looking at your cart and finding a way to check out, why didn't anybody tell me? Why didn't you guys, because there was a lot of visits to the site and a lot of traffic to our Skeleton Crew store, but it seemed like a lot of people were leaving empty-handed, and I figured out why. So, hey, if you had that trouble before, I have remedied that situation. Everything Skeleton Crew related is located under the Skeleton Crew drop-down menu option at the top of leolegacy.com or skeletoncrewbrand.com. goes to the same place. Um... Yeah, so shop our store, and when you're ready to check out, go back up to the menu tab, and you can see both options for cart and checkout conveniently there for your use. Uh, Hopefully you do do some shopping. Always, always, always in our Skeleton Crew store, there's new items and new designs and new things going up, being taken down. So if you see something you like, jump on it, because it might not be there forever. I'm a very finicky person, and I, I, I redesign and do new one. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? The way I operate, I think it makes a lot of a lot of things worth uh, like coll- collectibles. That's what it is. I'm I'm <laughs> I've I've caused, I've caused scarcity with some designs, and if you've gotten some of those designs, well, good on you because now again they're collectors pieces. So best way to support Leo Legacy is to go shop our store again, LeoLegacy.com, and then go to our Skeleton Crew tab or SkeletonCrewBrand.com. C R U E. It's like Motley Crew, but not skeletons. Um, skeleton Crew, yeah. So if you use skeletoncrew.com, skeletoncrewbrand.com will just take you to the store. But just, just go to leolegacy.com and scope out the other things we have available to you. If you're looking for 36B Darkwire podcast, we have a tab at the in the menu bar on leolegacy.com for that as well. Um, YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. Same with the podcast. Sharing, all those things are of the utmost importance when it comes to 
the visibility and discoverability of Leo Legacy. So if you're not going to shop our store, at the very least, I ask that you be a friend and share with a friend. Leo Legacy, across the board, everywhere, social media, video platforms, everything. It's always at Leo Legacy. And I'll tell you otherwise if it's not. But as it is now, our branding is on point. So everywhere you want to be, just type in Leal Legacy and you'll find everything we do. And uh, yeah, headed down. Well, I'm not going to say that. So if you want more like new, like day-to-day news kind of stuff going on, 36B Darkwire. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll learn. There's going to be a lot of uh, YouTube content coming up, a lot of Vlog and Terry stuff, uh, exciting things in the works. So make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube. So you don't miss out on that and, you know, social media and whatnot. Now I'm just rambling. I feel my voice waning. Uh, So I'm going to get out of here. So thanks again, everyone. Thanks for being a friend, telling a friend. Later.